Welcome to the Sermon Podcast for First St. Charles United Methodist Church in downtown St. Charles, Missouri. We are so glad that you're here, and it's our prayer that you feel safe, welcome, and wanted in this space. If you're interested in finding out more about us or supporting our ministries, you can connect with us online at firststcharlesumc.org. Today's scripture comes from the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own insight. In the reading of God's written word, we hear. In the hearing of God's word, we act. In the acting on God's word, it all becomes living in our lives. Thanks be to God. Carrie Newhoff is someone who frequently gives advice on organizational leadership, typically offered in handy-dandy lists. One recently listed seven tips for dealing with toxic people. Number one, understand that basically there are three kinds of people. Wise people, foolish people, and evil people. Two, realize that some people won't change. Three, learn how to spot toxic people. Four, take a good look in the mirror. Five, limit fools. And six, remove evil people from your life. And then number seven, stack the top of your organization with wise people. I can't, without qualification, commend this list. I do think, for instance, that God believes everyone can change. And I think we too readily want to label people as evil. Still, there is a soundness that senses that people can be wise or they can be foolish. That's solid advice. And it's what Scripture clearly says. Today, we continue our series, Learning to Read the Bible Again with a look at Proverbs, that book of basic wisdom. Are there some sayings that guide your life toward wisdom and away from foolishness? Among those things I was taught, eat your vegetables, brush your teeth, bark, bark, strong and able, keep your elbows off the table, don't chew with your mouth open. Write that thank you note this instance. As I think about it, both hygiene and manners were important in the wisdom of my family. I was also taught hard work pays off. Never put a tool away dirty or dull. That's one my grandpa taught me. Education is the key to success. My dad was the first of ten children to go to college, and no surprise, my Brother and I are the only ones of our generation to have what they call a terminal degree. Give your tithe before paying any other bill. That was one that was taught me. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for it is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. This is a biblical proverb that I heard 
a lot. Are there proverbs that you've been taught? Are there some that you've acquired on your own? Some of you, and I know our staff, have heard me say, when life throws me a curve, it's never boring. When I have no choice, it is what it is. When dealing with conflict, let's play nice in the sandbox. So not to be reactive, let's slow the train down. Let's play the long game. Let's think about the big picture. Are there things that you say that you've taught your children or grandchildren? Here's a fun assignment. Ask them. Ask them what Proverbs they've heard or learned or been taught by you. Scripture has a whole class of literature devoted to wisdom. I once heard a scholar offer this breakdown. Proverbs, he said, was the high school course in wisdom. Ecclesiastes, with its cynical view of life, is the college course. And Job, he said, with its questions of suffering, is the graduate level book on wisdom. Last week, we looked at the Song of Songs. No surprise, he left that biblical book completely off his reading list. For my money, dealing with issues of intimacy may require the most wisdom of all. Still, I think the analogy holds, and Proverbs is that condensing, condensed listing of wisdom to help guide younger minds on a path towards success and away from disaster. Changing metaphors, some of you may look on the book of Proverbs and think of it more as the fast food of wisdom. Then again, it may really be the vitamins that you take in small doses to help make sure that you're growing strong and healthy muscles and bones. It is, Proverbs is, a collection, a distillation of wisdom. It's good advice given in digestible bites. Its origin or that of the family unit of mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, passing on what they think will help. It's often been attributed to Solomon, though more likely in the way that Lindenwood University has Butler Hall and Butler Library or the J. Scheidegger Center. The association with Solomon and maybe even his funding of schools of wisdom is what led to the production and editing and collection of the Proverbs and the sticking of his name to it. Most likely, though, its final form didn't reach us until the Greek or Persian periods, each generation adding to or tweaking the wisdom. In at least one case, the advice contradicts, saying both to not answer a fool according to his folly, that's chapter 26, verse 4, and in the next verse, to answer 
a fool according to his folly. To answer or not to answer a fool? That's the question. Perhaps there is wisdom in knowing that when it comes to foolishness, one size doesn't fit all. What may surprise many of you, or not, is that wisdom is a feminine attribute for God. As you may know, we live in an age in which, among some of our siblings, there's a tendency to pray along these lines, Father God, Father God, I just, Father God, Father God, as if saying Father God often enough establishes once and for all the maleness of divinity. Father God, Father God, Father God. Have you heard such affect applied to prayers? Serious readers of Scripture will know that the word for wisdom is Sophia. And Sophia is, was, then, and now a female term. Did the ancient Hebrew people conceive of a feminine God, a female personification of wisdom? Both linguistic and archaeological evidence suggest as much. For my part, I find it amazing that people can think so little of God as to limit God to the image of one gender. As if Scripture didn't clearly say that all are created in the image of God. At the least, can we not agree that there is wisdom in those feminine parts of us all? And that there is wisdom when we all pay attention to our instincts to nurture, to be caring, to be empathetic and kind. It would be foolish to think or to act otherwise. And of all the wisdom of wisdom, if Proverbs could be distilled into one verse, for my money, it's our text today, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. Trust may just be the hardest wisdom of all. Every message, every single message we hear tells us not to trust, to be suspicious, cynical, watchful, and wary. We've been hurt, disappointed, disillusioned. Trust? Might it not be a great tribute to put on our tombstones he trusted, she trusted, they trusted. Might not this be what we need desperately to pass on to our children and grandchildren? The ability to trust. The basic trustworthiness of life and of God most of all. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Is there a trust meter inside your heart? Is the trust needle leaning more one way than the other? How would it read today, right now? Are you finding it 
harder to trust? Easier to trust? Is your capacity for trust running low or full and ready to go? To get us there, the writer qualifies. And do not rely on your own insight. And there's the rub, isn't it? We've come to trust too overly much in our own insight, our own bias, that we confirm again and again, never stopping to ask, is this the way God sees it? Is this the way God sees me? Is this the way God sees them? Is this the way God sees and is working in the world? And is this God's final answer to the world? Have I left God out of the picture? Do you get the picture? There is something humbling in store for those who seek the wisdom of God. 